This is a 38 Madison production. He had me just sit down there and practice and be over. And he might, he might just play 15 different records. Um, just listening, he said you have to have a, a different way to approach your crowd. You watch funk, you watch buzz, you watch all, you have to be Genghis. You have to come in and make your people follow you. Mm. Not only music, like, you shouldn't have that gun. Things of that nature, like, how long you think that's gonna last? Mm. He was one of those ones that saved me a lot of times from walking into a, a gunfire. Mm. You know what I mean? So he just was like, hey, if you're going to be the superstar, you got to start changing your surroundings. And it's no excuse, you know? So I got it all ways from him. Welcome to another installment of Homegrown, where we try to use our hearts, our minds, and all of our senses to delve deeper into what we consider to be D.C. Washingtonian culture. We are a unique antibody within the body of everything. We are the well from which everything flows. New York would love to believe that. L.A. would love to believe that. But in all honesty, we are the well from which everything flows. We are the perfect microcosm. Now, with this episode, we're going to talk about something that has changed and moved around a lot. And it's about what well, we titled it, Making the Band. That was the working title. But the interesting thing about making the band is that the system is dismantling the band. And D.C. tends to not be in love with the band the way it used to be. There are certain places in D.C. that literally sustained off of musicianship. Before there was a guitar center, there was Chuck Levins. Living and thriving off Washingtonians and people in the area wanting to become musicians. With the advent of hip-hop and technology, the need and want to be a musician has changed, it's morphed, but... Honestly, if you are in any R&B, rock, jazz group touring, I can promise you there's a Washingtonian in your band. Be it a drummer, background singer, saxophone player, anything. When people are creating their bands, they find a Washingtonian. And today, I have some amazing people here to talk about the band. And as it speaks to the importance of the lifeblood of D.C., which I know everybody wants to scream up and down, go, go. And it is. And it is. And it is. But we tend to forget that those people in go-go music, they're musicians first. They're musicians first. Go-go might be the passion, but there's no great go-go player who has not studied jazz and gospel and R&B. In fact, I challenge anyone to go to the go-go. Go-go early, before the crank. And that's where you see they be musicians first. All right. So I have some amazing gentlemen here. I have Mr. Perry. Mr. Perry is currently the band everything, everything band over at Eastern. He's that guy. He's been there for 15 years. He's watched the band develop. He's watched it 
elevate and deteriorate. He's watched everything in between. I wanted to invite him here to speak on what's going on and why Eastern Band is getting all eyeballs on them. The other guest, man, what can you not say about this guy? He's our pride. He's the pride of D.C. He might be our face, in all honesty. If he's not our face, he's our voice. That's He's absolutely our voice, man. Too many monikers, but I'm just going to call him G. Thank you, G, for coming. Thank you, Mr. Rest Perry, for coming. Here. I appreciate Thank you, you no guys. Thank you. So I want to start it off with this. I want to find out each one of you's history in music. And as always, I'm going to start with mine, right? Here's my history of music. My first love in music is hip-hop. It's not even go-go. But why it's so important to tell that story is that it derailed everything. So imagine I am in middle school. And in middle school, guess what I wanted to be? I wanted to be a political cartoonist. Mm-hmm. I, I, all I did was read the Sunday paper and watch McLaughlin Group. Mm-hmm. I want to do political cartoons. Then 84 hit. I heard a rap record. I'm like, wow, wow, what is this? And then further into 84, I was like, whatever this is, I want to be involved with it. I don't want to be on the sidelines anymore. So it derailed everything. I, I haven't even looked back. Do I still know politics? Yep. I haven't drawn since. Mm-hmm. All I just wanted to do was be around music. So that's how music, quote unquote, derailed. But pivoted me into something beautiful for my heart and heart and soul. Mr. Perry, now, you being a band director, there's clearly an infancy part where you fell in love with music and why. How, where, and when did it happen? Um, church. Mm. <clears throat> yep. That's a cliche, but it's the most beautiful cliche of yeah, all time. Um, I just, it was something about the harmonies in the choir mm. um, that just resonated with me. Mm. Um, just hearing those different parts and how they would take them out and bring them back in and, and they come together and just create this big wall of sound. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, and that's where it hit for me. Um, I started on drums and mom was like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know <laughs> too much noise you know like wasn't that great um and then in, in um right around uh fourth fifth grade uh i picked up an alto saxophone mm. and that became my first love first love my first love there it is <laughs> and I, I i i can't really introduce you man could you just could 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 you say Hold it, sauce. And Hold it, sauce. There it is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Anwar Glover, uh, Big G, man. Um, we're yep. glad to have you here because we know your time is of the essence. But I want you to tell your story of the falling in love with music. Mm, yeah. Why has it sustained you for well over twenty five years? I think music um, is a very big part of my upbringing. With me just being who I am, being calm. My mom played music loud. Mm. And um, she get off work because my mom was a registered nurse. Okay. She get off work and Friday she make fish. She play Dionne Ward, just all the old OJs and Diana Ross. She play all the music. And then in another room, my brother be the Gap Band. He have his go go, but he had different stuff. And my sister in her room, she had music playing. And right where we live on 14th and Urban, they used to have the go go bands out there every Saturday. So I was one of those little kids on the bike. I was mesmerized by just being around a band. Mm. And I also played French horn in seventh grade. And then I played mellophone in Cardoza. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. What exactly is a mellophone? Mellophone really... is a bigger a version of a trumpet. Mm-hmm. It has a bigger mouth on it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's 
It looks just like a trumpet, but it's it's bigger. It's a yeah. bigger, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Mr. Perry, please tell us about the inside of trying to sustain an art form that it seems like society is not turned its back on, but is refusing to see it as a priority pivot for young creativity. Um, I think uh, there are a combination of things. Um, I always say, unfortunately, you, you got to put people in front of these kids that really want to work mm. and are passionate about ensuring that they put the best product out there possible. Um, I agree. And then you have to have people um, in central office, uh, those people who are making those decisions, uh, need to come into schools and see the effect that some of these programs are having on these students. Mm. Um, you're making these decisions without truly knowing what is happening inside that school building um, and after school when they're rehearsing. Um, but I think it can be done um, if we put the right people and the right measures in place. It starts with, like we just mentioned before we got on, that elementary school piece, that middle school piece. Because if we start there and they gain that love, it's easier to, to give it to them when they get in high school. Wow. Um, you know, but if we're starting on the high school level, like I was mentioning, if Good I'm point. starting, you know, if you're a ninth grader and you know, you have no idea what a trumpet, a trombone, a saxophone is, mm. you know, now I'm almost a car salesman. Wow. At this point, you know, yeah. just trying to get you to buy into, you know, what, yeah. I, what what I'm trying to create happen. Because I know I can look at a kid and say, this kid's going to be awesome. You guys have made leaps and bounds in the last couple of years in terms of being a, a band. What was the catalyst for the change? And or, or what what changed the tide? Um, I don't want to say the tide really changed. Like, we've always been a... Um, no, a I great believe, program. Baloo was in your era. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a hundred, and I tell people this all the time. You know, when I first started in DC, I started at Eastern in 2006. When I first started, Baloo was definitely kicking my ass, hands down. I want to say um, around 2012 is kind of, for me. That's mm -hmm. when the tide kind of changed, um, and that's kind of when I grew into who I was, and I started getting the support from the alumni, and people mm. really started to see what I was doing for the program. Because I'm not a Washingtonian. So, you know, this guy coming from Virginia with this different kind of sound and this different kind of, you know, it it, it, it kind of was like, what? You know, I don't like this. This is not our way. You know what I mean? And you, had, I kind of had to get that buy-in from alumni and from other directors in the region. And now they kind of started to see what I was trying to do. And now some people are using that as a blueprint for their mm. programs. So you're the template. Well, you know what? Let me ask the template this. I think you <clears throat> need to describe the demographic of the former and current mm -hmm. temperature of the neighborhood that Eastern is in. As we all know, yeah. Eastern wasn't like that 10 years ago in that area. So I want you to talk about what Eastern looked like 10 years ago versus what it looks like now in terms of student body mm -hmm. and then demographic of the area, if you may. Absolutely. So student body, I mean, definitely 10 years ago, we were 100% black. Um, as far as the student body goes, n not many Hispanics, no whites at all. This year, a larger Hispanic population and a larger white population. Um, it's different. Like, I mean, you, you never saw it. I come in, a, you know, I look in the cafeteria during lunch, you see two tables mm. of, you know, white students that you just, you know. Just didn't see Didn't that. see it, didn't you know, didn't happen. Yeah. 
G, uh, were there any, during your high school years, were there any whites yeah, in your high no, school years? No, just Hispanic. Hispanic? <clears throat> I went to um, Bell Marshall Cultural, okay. which was split from um, Lincoln to Cardoza. Okay. So we had, and then we had like Hap at Sacred Heart. So you had a few Caucasians mm. there as well. But it was like, it was the mixture, but it was mostly black. But we had to learn how to mix and mingle. Mm -hmm. And now, what I felt what you were saying, like now you have more because it's the regentrification mm -hmm. where everybody's changing, people moving in from different places. But mm -hmm. I think it's good for change, you know what I mean, with mm -hmm. just diverse and then learning other people's culture. I think with um with the culture piece, with that adding to the culture piece, does that also change what you might play? So now, now you have yeah, a you, you you have twenty yeah. percent Spanish people. <laughs> you can't just rely on Earth, Wind, and Fire yeah. anymore to, 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 to get it to get it over there. Good because people look for new. You know yeah. what I mean? And you got to be able to, like he was saying, he got the support from the alumni. Mm. Once the alumni, man, look, let me let me let me show you what I can do, mm -hmm. and then it's a it's a good thing. It's a good turnover, you know. So, but you know, we spoke about it briefly earlier, and I want to make I, I want to make sure we got this. So how? Because if we listen to current music, right, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just 808 heavy, right? Very 808 heavy. Not a lot of melody. So how are you finding melody in these records? Like, does, is, is there is there is there a is there a melody in Bodak Yellow? <laughs> is, 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 is there is there a melody back in there that I'm missing? All I hear is the 808 kicking yeah, in. Yeah, it's crazy because we played that song. Uh, but um, no, there isn't a lot, man. And I think that's what I love about like. For me, that's why I thrive, like, because I can take a song that doesn't have much mm. and add all of these. That's why I, I can use my creative juices and I just yeah. I can just make this this art almost like I can paint this picture of what I how would if I would if I wrote this song, how would I do this song? Or what would I add? Or if it was a live version of this song, how would I want it to sound? Like I think right. about all of that when I arrange my music. Well, let me tell you, I something just sprung <clears throat> in my mind. So what you do, you construct. Yes. And what G's band does, they deconstruct. So G's band will take, let's 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 do Adele's Hello. Mm -hmm. They'll keep, they'll keep the chord chord arrangement, mm -hmm. minimize it mm -hmm. to, to 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 let the let the singer shine. Not like Adele didn't shine because she really did, and yeah. keep the pocket, and then you float in and out. Yeah, just a just little key pieces that make it different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so you guys are doing the same and, thing, and but totally it. different approaches to mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So you're you're hearing it. I need to add. Mm -hmm. You're hearing it go. I need to subtract. Mm -hmm. Wow. Sometimes you add, like like even with the Beyonce song, um, uh, before I let go. Mm -hmm. The way we do it, sweet thing. We we you know, that it's Frankie Beverly. Correct. But then it's um, what's my guy? Cameo. Mm -hmm. So we put the cameo piece in it because the, the song has that piece in it. Mm -hmm. So then I just put the cameo piece in it and it's extended a little. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to put pieces in it where it goes. Sometimes my eye, ah, that's a little too much. Right. And then you got to subtract. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're in a great space because you get to see, at least I've seen on the internet, see the look mm -hmm. on artist's face when you do their thing. Yo, when you guys did Rafael Sadiq's record, he Man. when he brought you guys out, he Not just dirty. stood back. He's like, yeah. run with it. Yeah, because we met him and um, we kicked it with him at Murrayweather. And, and then let's he be, let, let's be, like, come on, let's sound go. better than him. <laughs> I'm saying, he he said it. He said, you do that song better than me. He told him that. Mm. He said, you do this song better than me. You better come on. But see, when you get artists like that, that 
mm. has that broad that's like, come on, let's jam this joint. You got to do it like that. I don't want it this way. Do it the way y'all do, do it. Mm -hmm. And he called in PJ because Buggy was out of town. And I ain't had no business up there. Brother. But he said, come on. I love your voice. But we do all the singing. But it was like, come on. <laughs> and but we you, had a band, I, man. I don't, I don't think you understand those little small nuances you put. If, mm -hmm. if, if, if it's a hole it. Yeah, because it's, 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 it's just, it's just, it's just enough. Like, come on up. He's like, come on, you get my spot right here. Here go my mic. But it was fun, though. Bro, it's you got to understand, fun, I, I, I think you grossly underestimate you how big your small contribution is. Yeah, I talk to Scott I'm telling you, Chick-fil-A is making millions off of my pleasure. <laughs> millions <laughs> off of my pleasure. It's, chicken's good, bread's good, fries are good. We're back in that line because of my pleasure. Mm -hmm. Right? So... <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth, right? I know it sounds funny, but we it's having the truth. Fun with it, 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 but it's the truth, man. But, but with the band, mm -hmm. uh, your your band has had to evolve. Yeah, has evolved. Tell 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 about the evolving of the band, and it's and I think every a lot of the members of your band were Ryan. Right, were in school, like yeah. like their their infancy of learning their yeah, musicianship went, with, yeah, with the all school. That it's, church, it's, church, a lot of so like heavy church. Hmm. School, Duke Ellington, mm. um, Raheem, tour with Raheem with Aaliyah, mm. um, Genuine, Again. everybody. So they've been all over. And um, Buggy is on tour right now with Citizen Cope. So he just came back. So they got Boston, Jersey, New York, and then they come home and we do something in the water that night, and then he goes and do the anthem. Mm. So we've been Same like... Night. Same night. So we've been working, man, and it's just a blessing to be able to to do it. And when we test those other cities like New Orleans, mm -hmm. they feel that sound. Mm -hmm. man, and they like, God, how you, you guys do it? As we're, as we're talking about the bands and everything and, and young people, you dealing with young people, do, do they see the importance of instrumentation or has hip-hop and rap totally, and, and now you can literally make a beat on your iPad? Has it... Has it forced them, like, why why take 50 steps when I can take two? You have some people <clears throat> that think that. Uh, but <clears throat> it's my job as an educator mm -hmm. to, to show them the, the benefits exactly. of, of, of real music. Like, you know, although we play, we play a lot of the new stuff, we play a lot of old stuff, too. Mm. Um, because that's what the music is. Yeah. Um, and you, it, it, they have a newfound appreciation for listening, oh, I can hear my part. Oh, I, okay, I see what you did there. Like, you got to teach them to appreciate it. First. And they have to appreciate it. And then they play it on a, a, a bigger level because now they understand it. And understanding it leads to just taking the, the arrangement and the, the performance over the top. When young people come up to you, G, are they, are, are they asking like, hey, how do I like? Is 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 there a rite of passage for them now? Or like, like do I want to be in a band? What do I got to do to be in a band? It's a lot of them that come with like this. The singles just want to be rappers, <clears throat> but they want to know how they can get with a band because that's what everybody's doing now. Hmm. All the rappers are. You have to be like with the live piece. Mm -hmm. Lil Wayne showed it back then. Like you got to like. The DJ kind of be like, okay, hold up for a minute. This this is not that my track didn't load up right. So the live band with Jay Z and them start doing those big performances with the harmonicas and the 
violence mm-hmm. and all of that. They showed that broad. They're like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys coming to me now, and I talk to the young guys that want to start bands. I say, first, you got to get somebody that wants to play. Can't get nobody just want to be in it because the girls and the internet, because we didn't have that back then. You got to get somebody that love it, mm-hmm. that really wants to play, and it's smooth selling from there. Yeah. That's yeah. why I tell Lil' Chris from T.O.B. all the time, once you got that core group, see, I've I had my people with me for over 20-some years. I got the same guys. Mm-hmm. They love it just as well as I love. Sometimes I have to tell them I love it more than them sometimes mm-hmm. because of getting in practice and all that. But you got to get the, you just tell them they got to really love it. Well, first of all, they I know you guys love it because you, you guys constantly show your rehearsals. Got to be a once you tell somebody, once you tell people everything they want is on the other side of work, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. It changes everything. Like if I, if yeah. I say, hey, being in a band is going to take you exactly 11 years. It's going to take you about r- roughly around 11 years to do it. They're like, uh, they're a faster way. You know what I'm saying? So it's the person that loves <laughs> it that, 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 that doesn't do it. But yeah. so music has always been there. But when did the in love with Go-Go, when you decided I got to be on stage with them, when did that happen? For, with me? Yes. I, I fell in love with it off the break. Yeah. When I, I used to ride my bike down the night seat for them to see Junkyard perform mm. and get in trouble on my way back, trying to sneak back in the house. <laughs> so I already was in love with it. And I just tell my band members, they they fell in love with it with me. They loved it as, just as much as I did. Because mm. EB, all us, we went to school together. They were older than me, but Hem Sauce and those guys are older, but they was in bands as well, in the marching band. Mm. And that's where it started. That love of them horns and mm-hmm. that sound, and it, uh, mm-hmm. it just brings something out of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you really want it, you're going to be in it. And you know what? Uh, what's it, there's that great phrase that says, uh, "When the student is ready, the teacher will appear." Mm-hmm. And when, and with that statement, I, I turn to you to speak on early mentorship, mm-hmm. because honestly, as a band director, you're mentoring. What is that? How many kids is that? Probably about sixty kids. You're mentoring sixty individuals. Mm-hmm. Sixty individuals. That's quite the undertaking, because. You're not just telling them about music and music structure. They might come to you with like, man, my mom tripping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that that piece, I mean, honest, honestly, every everyone involved in a child's life has five different roles. Mm-hmm. So I think I think what they're missing. I think if the non-funding of, of school stuff, they're missing out on another opportunity to truly connect. Because here's the truth. School doesn't end at three, mm-hmm. and it never has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, school is never ending. School has never ended at three o'clock. It's those conversations after three o'clock that yeah. may save a life. So, as 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 a mentor of sixty some odd kids, what are you hearing? It's rough, um, and honestly, coming out of the pandemic, it's mm. yeah. <clears throat> The things that have happened, you know, you, you got to think about it. If you were already in a home, an abusive home, mm. or you yeah. were already being belittled, you mm. know, daily, or you were already being bullied, you've been experiencing this for two years straight because you've been in the house. Because you haven't had a chance to. Yeah, you haven't. There was no other outlet. You couldn't escape it. So the mental health piece has been big for us uh, this year. We all, we almost, I did. Mondays we have mental health check-ins. Like whatever you want to talk about, mm. it doesn't have to do with anything music. That, that's before the band starts. Before band starts, what is going on in your life? 
what do we need to talk about? Could be schoolwork, could Great. be home life, could be, you know, and, and now the relationship stuff, that's a big piece as well. But like, what is going on in your life that you just need to let out that you, you, you know, cause they feel comfortable enough to, to come in. They know they can tell me anything. Mm. And you know, I'm not going to, what you tell me is what you tell me. I'm not going to share it with your parents. If you don't, you know, if I really think that I need to pull them in and I'll right, say, well, right. you know, I got to pull mom in on this, you know, but they know they can come to me and they know it's a safe space. That's what I want to create for my students, a safe space. So you're saying so you're saying that uh, aside from simply giving them the vocation and a location, you're giving them a safe space. Absolutely. That's beautiful. When, we, when I spoke on mentorship, I ha- I'm turning around to you to speak mm-hmm. on one of your mentors and one of my own. I wanted to talk about Chucky. <clears throat> Chucky Thompson. Um, if no one's not familiar with Chucky Thompson, Chucky Thompson is the catalyst of uh, some of the greatest music during the mid-late 90s with Mary J. Blige, Notorious P.I.G., Faith Evans, and a list of others. Uh, Chucky Thompson was able to give Bad Boy its sound. Hmm. Now, there were some records that, you know, still considered Bad Boy sound that he wasn't involved with, but he is intricately woven, even, even, even if not in the credits, even if not in the credits, He's intricately woven into these records as simply a session musician. Chucky, yeah. I can't get this bass line to lock in. Give me a guitar. I'll play I'll play the bass line for yeah. you. So you could, could play the drums. He played every instrument <clears throat> that wasn't a wind instrument. Yeah. Every instrument that wasn't a wind instrument, he played. He played it. Could you could you speak to me on uh him mentoring you? Just nights. Um he had me just sit down there and practice and be over. And he might he might just play. 15 different records. Um, just listening, he said, you have to have a a different way to approach your crowd. You watch funk, you watch buzz, you watch all, you have to be Genghis. You have to come in and make your people follow you. Mm. So I used to sit down there and he just used to be like, not only music, like, you shouldn't have that gun. Things of that nature, like, how long you think that's gonna last? Mm. Like, let my mom cut you a slice of cake, turkey sandwich and cheese and chill for a little bit. I'm working on something. Let, let me know what you think about this. He was one of those ones that saved me a lot of times from walking into a, a gunfire. Mm. Cause I had to go that back way up to that reservoir from First and Flagler. I had to go up that reservoir and come up Columbia Road with Children's Hospital and get home right here. Mm-hmm. So many nights, even when I had to go up there, up top, and meet him um, at the Justice, at the Puff, close the restaurant down. He up there working with all the new artists that's coming in, all these different um, ones where all these guys, different ones, like you say, even if he wasn't in the credits, he helped with that song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he just was like, hey, if you're going to be the superstar, you got to start changing your surroundings and it's no excuse. You know, so I got it all ways from him. So music saved your life. Yeah. Do you think? 100%. Do you think you're saving lives over there at, at Eastern? Absolutely. My God. Um, I, I know that. You know, I've had students tell me, you know, if it wasn't for this band, you know, yeah. and it's it's crazy because you can't help them all as much as you want to, you know, and it, and I think of a story I was just sharing with my staff, and I have an amazing staff too. I I don't do it alone. I have some very dedicated well individuals said, uh, that That's support beautiful. me. 
Um, so I, I would not be able to have this program without them. Um, but um, we had a student that he was just always in something, you know, always. And I, I gave him chance after chance after chance after chance because I knew if I let him, if I turned him loose, he'd run wild, you know. And the last straw was like, I think we did a fundraiser. We selling like Krispy Kreme donuts. He stole the money. Um, you know, people were looking for their donuts, you know, and I was just like, dude, like, I, I just can't, you know, I just, we got to separate. And um, and then even after that, he came back. We had one last incident. He ripped my uniform. I was like, you're done at this point. <clears throat> I saw him maybe a year ago at the bus stop, talking to himself, drugged out, mm. you know, and it's just like, I, I hate it because I, I just felt like, dang, I, if I would have just held on a little longer, you know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't want to be, I felt like I was the reason that he mm, got he lost. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know? Yeah. So I don't ever want to be in that space again. You know, my staff say, you know, you need, this person is disrespectful. Or, you know, they, <clears throat> they not getting it and we just need to let them go. And I'm like, we can't because for some, this is all they have. That's it. I'm going to tell you something, guys. I, uh, uh, during the pandemic, my uh, my ex-wife's a principal. And uh, when we were married, she would tell me these amazing stories. It would be heartbreaking because when you find out that when school's closed, that means these 11 kids don't eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you find out these 22 kids, are, they got an uncle that might may touch them all day. Yep. All that's the, day. That's the messed up part about Touch it. them all day. <laughs> and, 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 and you find out how important... These schools are more than just academics. Absolutely. More than just academics. We Absolutely spoke on something, not. and I wanted you to speak mm-hmm. on it again. We spoke about off mic, though. And, Gingas, you're, you're gonna, it's going to blow you away. First of all, this band thing, he says he has a staff, right? 60 people in the band, right? No one has thought, like, hey, these uniforms have to get cleaned. Yeah. You can't just throw these in the washing machine and the dryer. Could Do you mind sharing what... A cleaning bill for 60, six, let's say 65 marching band uniforms can roll up to one cleaning. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost us about $2,000. $2,000. Yeah, and how often do you believe you guys would gig out in one month? In a month, we perform probably about twice a week. Sometimes three. $4,000 times four times. So that's $16,000 in cleaning yeah. Now, we're not talking about instrument repair, lost instrument. Mm-hmm. Drums have to be maintained. Trumpets have to be maintained. Reeds have to be bought. Yeah. Kids have to eat. Kids have to eat. You got to eat during the trip. Mm. This is an economic <clears throat> hurdle. I'll do you one better. We have to pay for our buses. When we perform, there is no budget for transportation for marching bands. So when we perform, we have to pay for our buses. So each student comes out of his pocket for his ability to go play in said band? Yes. My gosh. All this money we have. Are you kidding? But we got, there's there's another dog park coming. (laughs) That's what I say all the time. They get mad at me because I I speak my mind. Sometimes I go overboard. Sometimes I have kind of learned to be quiet a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you you touched on something that was so letting the kids like what do you want to talk about? That's 
we never had that opportunity. They already had the tuna fish made. Mm -hmm. You eat this. Mm -hmm. We never was able to say, hey, I'm feeling this way today. Um, I don't want this. I'm going through this. Can I tell you how I'm feeling? It was just cut and dry. Mm -hmm. Take this, and if you don't take this, you don't get nothing. So that's why I think you guys are more successful as well. How you running? And I just say keep going. Because, man, if we had that back then, because mm. it's tough. A lot of, like, the band, like, I've, I've, I've been, like, North Carolina A&T one time, and um, I came back and a buddy of mine was killed. Then a week later, we played at HD mm. in the gym, and I and they called because we had the cell phone. And, like, mm. my, my best friend was killed, mm. George mm. Avenue. So I would have probably been with him. Mm. And I was like, you know what? This band is literally saved my life. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's an umbrella. Yeah. <clears throat> how so? How are you guys finding this funding? So we have and by um, everyone listening. How could they possibly help? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like I said, I have an amazing volunteer staff. Um, I have a chief of operations, and what he does uh, is, uh, if someone reaches out about a performance, he negotiates uh, a. A booking fee, a stipend, mm -hmm. of sorts. for yeah, and you know they try to negotiate our travel and some sort of stipend, like you said, that okay. we can walk away with that helps subsidize some of those costs that you mentioned. Would that be considered an honorarium? <clears throat> yep, yep. A honorarium. Oh, man, that Banneker High School boy. Vocabulary yeah. thousand <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, we, we definitely ask for an honorarium. So, I mean, and thank God, you know, people really are starting to see the benefits uh, of the band. And uh, like I said, the community, Capitol Hill community, has been extremely supportive mm. uh, in, in our efforts. Um, and, you know, it's allowed us to, to, to go places. You know, like I said, I like to t take the band out to travel. And, you know, because a lot of people don't leave D.C. Correct. You know, yeah, and we have to because there aren't many band, bands in D.C. So in order for us to compete, we have to go to Atlanta or North Carolina or Virginia or something like that. Because well, that's it's a not, good thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great it, yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I, I want to thank you both for coming and sharing. I'm going to try to figure out a way to help at least with the cleaning. I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> I, I might have to get Angie Angie to help me figure out how that works logistically. But I think I want to incorporate that into my Sundays. Like, I just want to help Easton's cleaning bill. Thank you. We'll Thank do you. a show Absolutely. or something. We could probably do like a band show or something to raise some money for the guys. Yeah, because the ladies, you know what I mean? I that's think, a lot yeah, of money a month of cleaning. And you would never know if nobody would tell you. Exactly. But I know because like back then it was just a little different. And it was like a lot of bands in the different schools. You know what? I, I, I was going to close, but I got, I got to do this before we close. I want to pivot uh, because the the arts is not just music. And you embody mm -hmm. a lot of the arts. If, if you could just spend five minutes speaking on you and acting and what it's done for you and how oh, it's man. opened thousands of doors for you. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, literally, man. brother, the wire will not <clears throat> go away. Yeah, I, th I think if I wasn't in um, acting... And, and radio, because when I was on radio, I, I the, the audition stuff was coming up. And then Jay Coop, my man, was on BET mm -hmm. on Teen Summer. He passed. I miss him. And Jay took me to the audition, actually. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, when my brother was murdered, we were shooting the last four days. Mm. And um, director and producer was like, hey, Anwan, if you need to take some time, we'll shift some stuff around for you. Cause you looking good at you looking good. 
So I, I didn't know my faith, what, what my, because you know, sometimes you come on set and the trailer, you dead. Mm. And and your script, oh. you're done. Mm. Yeah, you, you don't know. even know. You come yeah, in here like, okay, you're like, okay, so what were you page five, <laughs> shot in head, it's over. So you cool, you all right? And I was like, nah, let's let's keep going, because if I if I if I leave here, I might not make it back. Mm. And it was real, you know what I mean? Because like we still live right there. My grandmother still live right here. My mom just passed, thirteen sixty nine, right there, Irving Street, mm -hmm. then Gerard. Everything is right there. Mm. So I'm looking like, man, I only I only want to be in the space right now. And then as I started going, like when I shot um, Prospect in Seattle with Pedro Pascal, mm -hmm. and um, I knew that, okay, this is, I'm, I'm really doing this. Then I shot a pilot with um, Joseph Morgan, Vampire Diaries. Okay. We actually did, we made it this much, but they picked up Queen Latifah's Equalizer. Mm. If I'd have got that, I'd have been on for six years straight, because that's what the contract was for ABC. Wow. That would have been a nice piece of change. Yes, sir. But it's like I'm not stopping because it's like I'm hungry for it. I'm geeked out and mm -hmm. I'm ready to go. So each time we're we're moving. So we just shot Mailman in DC. Um, the film Miss Gates, shout out to 202 Creates. They funded that film. I'm a producer on there and mm -hmm. I play the lead. Okay. It's gonna be an awesome piece. They're gonna do it and they're gonna do like circling around the kids. They we went over the east and I talked to actually two of your band members. Mm. I forget their name, but I did it with Easy Street. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah, was so yeah. awesome the piece that we did. And um just knowing that I'm in film and they said I couldn't do it and I did it. I used mm. to have those talks with you. Mm. You know what I mean? Because actually when you said remember I went to the um your wife's um school to mm -hmm. talk to the kids. Mm -hmm. These people don't really know what these kids go through. And that's why I say I give you kudos because you're dealing with everything they have to deal with. These kids want to be in music, acting, give them a chance. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them be bullied. They be scared to get out there because you got to do certain things. Mm -hmm. But it's a piece that we're getting ready to do on this acting piece. So I can come back and talk about it again. But it's gonna be amazing just to start getting these youth because in DC we don't have outlets for film. Not enough. And that's what and that, you know what I mean? But it, it should be more. Mm -hmm. But they said I could never do it. And where I came from, I was shot at twelve. They been cast me off, Man, but I'm bro. still here. Mm. Bro, I've seen you. I mean, you, you popped up in so much stuff. I'm like, yo, he, he got a number. And I won't say nothing no more, cause because you know I was in the in the biggie film. I saw that. So I was on the cut deleted scenes, but I had all the, everybody juiced up and they mm, cut my part because yeah. Snoop wanted the, the visual they didn't mm. pay. And I was like, I'm not saying nothing else on yeah. me no more. <laughs> I'ma just let them see me. Like the movie will come. I was in there, I ain't tell nobody about that. I just let them see me. And they oh, she was in there, you was in there. And then, yeah. um, but uh, I don't know, brother. I, uh, is, is, you know, there's always conversations about The Wire. And, mm -hmm. and when, it, when, it, when your character comes up, the first thing I say, I was like, he's the, he, was the, he was the first early adapter I saw. Like, they put me and, in. and that whole thing, you adapted the best. And they put no matter me who in the leader man. was, Slim Charles adapted, yeah. and you knew your strengths. And so when he tried to make you like him. a ball, like, hey, hey. I ain't cut I'm, out, I ain't cut no out CEO, the CEO, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna stay right out. here, and I'm gonna move on through this cuts. Well, man. well, brother, you might not be. Maybe the character of Slim Charles may not be a CEO, but you are one in the making. Thank you. I want to put that. I want to put that on your spirit. And I, and I want to put record, that on your spirit. I want everybody to know, I'm not leaving my city, bro. I, I know that. I just got, and I'm, I'm going to say this to all the young actors out there. I just got mm -hmm. dropped by my agency because I wouldn't move to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. All right? Mm. So another bigger agency just reached out to me, and I have a meeting next week. Congrats. With them. But there's another lady that reached out, too, so I might go over because she buy coast. She just let me go. L.A., New York, but I live here, bruh. There it we is. We got to create right home. Created mm-hmm. here. And, I, you know, I mean, we got so much. We, 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 we Hollywood we, here, too. We, we, look, <laughs> we, look. Well, if anything, I get homesick, man. brother. It's got to be homegrown. Yeah, whatever it has to be yeah. done, it has to be homegrown. It does. I'm gonna close it out with that, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for this having has been me. another installment of Homegrown with Ann Juan Glover, aka Big G, Slim Charles, Mr. Perry. You have my word. I'm gonna figure out how I can help with subsidizing at least the cleaning. I know there's a thousand other things, but that one hit me like, yo, we washing uniforms. I, 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 and it literally came out of nowhere. I'm like, that's a heavy bill for that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use my due diligence to see how I can help. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having us. DMV, that was homegrown.